after feeding 5,000 men and a lot of women and children, Jesus sent his disciples away. There were 12 baskets remaining. We don't know if they were big baskets because the Bible doesn't give us the size. We don't know if they were small baskets. Maybe we, we need to ask other scholars to tell us. I don't know how big was the basket, but we know that there were 12. And we also know that there were 12 disciples. Maybe each one of them got one basket. There were 12 baskets and 12 disciples. And then Jesus sent them away with the 12 basket. Jesus sent them away. And they went in the boat. They left Jesus. They left Jesus and they went in the boat. I assume that they took the basket with them. Twelve people and twelve baskets on the boat. They left Jesus. Then I thought about it. Was it a mistake? That's what we're going to talk about. Today, take him with you. Don't leave him behind. Take him with you is the title of our message today. Let's read that in John chapter 6, verse 16 to 21. Now when evening came, the disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat, and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was already dark, and Jesus had not come to them. Then the sea arose because a great wind was blowing. So when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat. And they were afraid. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they willingly received him into the boat and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. The disciples experienced one of the greatest miracles ever recorded in history, which is feeding thousands of people with only five pieces of bread and two fish. And then Jesus sent them away. He made them go. Go. Mark and Matthew tell us that Jesus went to pray after that. In Mark chapter 6 verse 45 it says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethesda. While he dismissed the crowd. So after dismissing the crowd, he made them go. It was not their idea. It was a command from Jesus to the disciples to leave him behind. It was an act of trust. We will go even though you don't come with us. And let me tell you something. Trust Jesus' command. But why is it important for you to trust Jesus' command? Because even though it was Jesus' command, they still faced opposition. Even though it's Jesus who sent them, they still faced the wind and the storms. So the lesson we are learning here is that obeying Jesus does not take away challenges of life. Listening to the Bible does not take away opposition. 
Trusting Jesus does not take away the waves and the wind. Being at the center of the will of God doesn't mean easy path. No. No, Jesus promised us persecution. But the disciples still trusted Jesus. They trusted the command and they went to the boat. And then they faced the wind and the storm. For hours and hours, it was dark. There was a storm. They were there for a long time. Can you trust his command even when it leads you into frustration? Can you trust Jesus' command, Jesus' word, Jesus', Jesus command, even though it leads you into frustration? That is the question I want you to answer this morning. Can you still trust Jesus despite frustration? Or you want to avoid every time there is a frustration, you, you, you ask yourself, is this the will of God? Is this still God? Every time you feel like there is resistance, is this the will of God? The Bible is the word of God. It is the truth for us to follow. It contains God's command. Sometimes following the Bible means making your friends uncomfortable. Sometimes following the Bible and Jesus' command means standing against your own desires and aspirations. Sometimes following the Bible makes your parents and people around you unhappy. Sometimes following the Bible leads you against everything you stand for. Would you still trust his command? Regardless, the opposition. The call of God doesn't guarantee an easy path. It guarantees victory. The call of God does not guarantee you just smooth, smooth, smooth. It guarantees you will get there. At the end of the day, you will get there. Not an easy path. You will never achieve anything without sacrifice. Every success is linked to sacrifice. If you want to succeed, if you want to reach the purpose of your life and follow what God has called you to do, you will need sacrifice. And sacrifice doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. Would you still trust God despite opposition? I had a story about a father who took his family to vacation. And he was the one driving. It's not me. It's not me. It's another father. Yeah, because I know you are now, uh, this sounds like you. It sounds like me, but it's not me. And they, 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 they came across this large sign that was, was, that's read, road closed, do not enter. So it was a shortcut. This father was used to shortcut. He knew his way around the bush. Oh, but the man proceeded, you know, he, he knows his ways around and he ignored the sign. And, you know, men, we are very confident. We, yeah, he confidently, to save his time, he continued, he entered the shortcut. And he kept going. After a few kilometers, he started bragging about his discernment. Uh, about him knowing, like, sometimes they just want to alarm and alert people for nothing, you know. And he kept going, and the, firm, the, the, the wife resisted. The wife said, no, no, don't do this. Just listen, listen. No, no, like, you, you don't know. People these days, they just talk and talk and talk. And after a few kilometers, his 
smile was quickly replaced by sweat because the bridge was broken. And without anybody saying anything in the car, he just stopped, turned the car around, drive, follow the same road, back to the main road. The wife didn't say anything. Children didn't say anything. And he was greeted by a large, by a large sign behind that sign saying, welcome back, stupid. They knew some people will do that. They knew. <laughs> you know, sometimes we can have complete confidence in our own understanding of things. Sometimes we have confidence in ourselves to figure out issues and fix problems. But we let ourselves down. Confidence is only as good as the object it's placed in. When you are going through life, wise people trust the unconscious changing, all-powerful God. They trust the word of God. It can lead you through a longer road. The word of God can lead you through a longer, it will take long to get there. But you will finally arrive safely. Shortcuts do not lead you anywhere. Sometimes you may force things to happen in your life. You want it to happen and happen now. You are tired of where you are. You don't want your position. You don't want your location. You don't want the situation. You want to change it and change it now. He let them wait. They, he sent them there. But still they faced opposition. Sometimes it's okay to take a longer road. As long as you are at the center of the will of God. It doesn't matter how long the road feels, you will get to the destination. The story continues in verse 19. So when they had rode about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat. And they were afraid. But he said to them, it is I. Do not be afraid. The second thing I want you to hear here, to, to grasp here is trust his superiority. Trust his superiority. The first one, trust his command. The second one, trust his superiority. The disciples had seen the wind before. They, have, they, they are professional fishermen. They have seen the wind. They've seen the waves before. They were not afraid of the wind. They were not afraid of the waves, of the storms. And when Jesus came to them, that's when they started to be afraid. What were they afraid of? The unknown. They've never seen someone walking on water before. They've seen the winds before. They've seen the waves before. They are fishermen. They are used to that lake. They know that place very well. They were not afraid of the common. They were afraid of the uncommon. They struggled for more than nine hours. Assume that the Bible says it was dark. That means when it was dark, before dark, let's assume that they were around 6 p.m. when Jesus sent them away. 6 p.m. And 
the book of Mark says, the book of Matthew says it was around 3, between 3 and 6 a.m. that Jesus appeared. That means these people, they were in the water for nine hours at least before Jesus appeared. Nine hours. They were frustrated but not afraid. They were frustrated by the delay, by the opposition, but they were not afraid. It is when they saw Jesus coming, they were afraid of the unknown. We are scared of the unfamiliar, the supernatural, the uncommon. That's what we are scared of. That's where we are afraid of. We, we are not scared of the natural, the common, the regular, or the things we know. No, we are afraid of what if. What if is the biggest fear of every human being? What if is your fear? Think about what you are going through now. What scares you most is when you bring what if in the sentence. Because you fill it with something negative. You fill it with what can go wrong. What if that is the ghost? We are doomed. What if that is the devil? What are you feeling what if with the, the three dot after what if what, what is going through your mind now what if uh, you know you can't say it loudly because that's your fear that's your, your your worry what if they never expected jesus to walk on water he's done a lot so far the only thing they haven't seen him doing is to walk on water Jesus put the 12 basket in the boat to remind them that he's supernatural. He's God. To remind them of the miracle. They forgot that they are carrying a sign of miracle in the boat. And they were afraid despite carrying the miracle with them. Most Christians, we carry the Bible with us. We carry the name of Jesus and we forget who we are worshipping. They were carrying the 12 baskets on the boat. And still, God afraid. Faith believes in the unfamiliar. It trusts the supernatural and follows the unseen. You believe in the unseen. You believe what is not seen. You believe that it will happen. You believe you are protected regardless of what is happening. You don't see the angels around you. But God is protecting you because faith believes in the unseen. Faith believes in the unseen. You don't know anything about your future, but you believe it because it's unseen. You trust Jesus. When we are in trouble, we often ask God to come to our rescue in a way we understand. We pray for answers in a way we control, but often God answers prayers in his own ways. They needed an answer from God. They needed to be saved, but they expected Jesus to solve their problem in the way they understand. Unfortunately, the answer came in the way they did not understand. They panicked. The good news is what is terrifying you, what is terrifying you is Jesus' platform. He's working on it. He's working on it. They were terrified by the wind and Jesus was walking on the wind. They were terrified by the storms, but Jesus was walking in the storms. What 
is terrifying you today, Jesus is working on it. Your ceiling is his platform. When you reach a ceiling, when you reach a place where you can't do anything anymore, you are stuck. That Jesus platform, that's where he's walking, stepping on your problem. Trust his superiority. This is what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 17. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and by him all things hold together. This is Jesus. All things include your health, includes your relationships, includes your finances, includes your worries and your fears, all things. He holds whole things together. Can you trust his superiority? One would wonder, why would Jesus let his disciples struggle for nine hours? Why that? The answer is simple. He wanted to prove to them that he has authority over creation. He controls the nature. When you are scared of the wind and the storms, I can walk on top of it. He wanted them to know that. That your ceiling is his platform. Because he created it. All things. And then he said, in verse 20, it is I, do not be afraid. Why? Because it is I. I've got this. Do not be afraid because it is I. Do not be afraid. He's saying to you today, do not be afraid. I am the creator of the visible and the invisible. Do not be afraid. When you face opposition, your invisible and visible enemies, he says, do not be afraid. It is I. When you are lost and confused, you don't know what next step to make in life, he says, do not be afraid. It is I. He's saying to you, it is I. The creator of thrones, dominions, rulers, and authority do not be afraid. Whether you agree or disagree with the political system around you, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid because Jesus says so. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Not because I understand. Not because I know. Not because I have control over this. I've planned everything. I've saved my money. I've put everything together. Yes, it will work. The disciple knew how to manage the wind. They knew how to do the things, but it didn't work. Trust Jesus' superiority, not your understanding. Even when you don't understand, you get that report, you look at it, you say, what is this God? What's next? What if? And Jesus says, it is I. Do not be afraid. 
Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Not because we are smart, not because we've got it, because he's got it. You know, when Jesus sent them away, John says he will join them. That's what John says. But Jesus did not say that I will join you in Capernaum or on the boat. The Bible doesn't say where. He said just I will join you. I did not ask him. Do you mean on the water or, you know, you join us on the water so we know what is coming? No, they did not know. You know, <laughs> God gives you the promise. He doesn't give you the process. He just tells you, I will join you. And then he leaves. And, oh, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. What did you mean? No, he's gone. It's up to you now to figure out the process. Now you start. What did he say again? I will join you. Okay, he will join me. So, okay. What, what did he say? When Abraham was told to give away his son, it was just, oh, do it. As if that, oh, that's it. Oh, the process was more complicated than you think. He was going through the unknown and unknown and unknown and unknown and unknown. Sometimes you don't need to know. You don't need to know. Just trust God for the promise and the process is in his hand. And Abraham faces this, reaches this place and, and, and the son asks him, where is the sacrifice? I don't know. I trust the promise. God will provide. Sometimes we want God to tell us everything about the process. If God tells you everything about the process, you won't stand. If Joseph was told, you will be sold the first. And then you will go in the pit. And then your brothers will, deny, will, will orchestrate a plot against you. And then you will be sold in slavery. And then... I prefer God not to tell me those things. You will go to, to, to the prison because a woman will try to sleep with you and then you will say no, thank God. And then you will go to prison because people will believe her, not you. And then you will spend years in prison and then some guy in prison. <laughs> if God gives you all these details, you will never start anything. You will never do anything in life. He just wants you to trust the promise and trust him in the process. And they took him in the boat. The third thing I want you to learn today is take him in your boat. The presence of Jesus in the boat meant solution. Until then, the wind hasn't stopped. Until this time they are talking to Jesus, it is I, the wind is still going on. But once they put Jesus in the boat, on the boat, by the boat, at the boat, <laughs> with the boat, and all the above. Once they took Jesus in the boat, immediately they found themselves on shore. Read the scripture. Then they willingly received him in the, into the boat. And immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. Do you see the miracle there? This first suggests that there was a will. They did not resist him. 
They willingly received him. May God help you to willingly invite him in your businesses, in your life. Willingly invite him on board. He won't force his ways. Jesus will not force you to invite him in your business. No, no, no. In your life, in your family, in your marriage, Jesus will not force you to invite him. You need to willingly bring him in your businesses. And immediately, immediately, they found themselves at the destination. Hmm. This is teleportation. There was a teleportation here. Oh, we are there. Oh, it's happened immediately. It's another miracle. My prayer is that you will take Jesus into your boat. What is the boat that you, have, you haven't invited Jesus into yet? What part of your life you haven't invited Jesus to control? You are still trying hard to make it happen. You haven't surrendered that aspect of your life to Jesus. You haven't surrendered. You are still in charge of that one. You are not listening to him when it comes to your business, when it comes to your marriage, when it comes to your children, when it comes to your future. You are still trying to make it happen. And Jesus is telling you, let me in. Let me in. Not what you want. Jesus is not there to fulfill your desire. He's there to fulfill his plans. It's only when your desires align with his plans that you see him at work. You are not the boss. You know, sometimes we get disappointed with God because we expected him to do our will. You expect God to do your will. You pray according to your will. You fast according to your will. You expect according to your will. Then you get disappointed and you say, how God let me down? What? God let you down? You let him down. You started planning that thing without him. We plan our lives without him and then we want him to make it happen. May God help you to open the door for Jesus in your affairs. Open the door. Taking Jesus on your boat gets you to the destination in his time. In his time. Sometimes it's nine hours later. Sometimes it's teleportation. You're just there. Just like that. I don't know how many hours it could have taken if the wind did not come. But what I know is they saved time by being teleported. <laughs> so maybe they still use the same amount of time. <laughs> maybe they still use the same amount of time because you can go and go and go and get stuck and get stuck and get stuck and then you invite Jesus, then you get teleported. Then you don't travel this distance. Sometimes the distance you see, you are facing resistance and you are facing the storms and you are facing, you think you are delaying. You are not delaying. You will get there at Jesus' time. Not at your time. At Jesus' time, you will get to the destination. Trust him. Trust his command. Trust his superiority. And trust, get him into your boat. Into your boat. You will see yourself there at the end of the day. Don't use shortcut. Man, don't use shortcut. Do not use shortcut. Walk with Jesus one step at a time and with patience. You will end up there. Just trust his superiority. Trust that he's got this. He's got it.
Would you invite Jesus in your struggles? Would you invite him even in, 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 your, in your joy or your joys? The things that make you happy. Can you still invite Jesus into them? Your studies. Invite Jesus in your studies. Children, invite Jesus in your studies. Your friendships. Invite Jesus in your friendships. He's got it. Regardless of the frustrations, he's got it. He knows he's the creator of the visible and the invisible. Invite Jesus. Stop laboring too hard on your own to make things happen. Uh, there was this guy who was learning to, to fly aeroplane and he just got his license. He just got his license and on this day that he was flying and he was doing well, he was gaining confidence, when it was time in this private, private jet, and what is, when it was time now to land, he started to panic. Started to panic because it was the first time for him to land alone in a private plane. Well, he's got his license already, so he's landed many times, but this time he has to do it alone. And he let the control uh, tower that know that he's, he doesn't know if he'll make it. Someone from the tower told him in the control, just follow our instructions. Don't worry about the wind. Don't worry about the, 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 any obstructions. You just follow everything we tell you, and you land well. And he landed well. Just follow instructions. Leave obstructions to Jesus. Leave the opposition. Leave the challenges. Leave those winds and waves in your life to Jesus. Just follow instructions. Is what I want you to know today. Jesus wants you to trust him. How am I going to land here? Dear God, I know I've done my training, but today it's just, you know, it's windy and you know, it's cloudy. God, what am I going to do? Trust his instructions. Leave obstructions to him. He never asks us to fight. He asks him to trust and obey. He will fight for us. A marriage without Jesus is built on sand. Invite Jesus on your boat. Trust him. Just follow instructions. A career without Jesus is built on sand. Bring Jesus in it. Invite Jesus. You just need to obey instructions. And let Jesus take care of the obstructions. Would you trust him in the unknown? Whatever the question, what if comes to your mind, fill it with Jesus knows it. What if, no, no, Jesus is in control. He knows it. We should stop filling the what if with the thing that scares us and fill it with hope. Trust God for the unknown. That is how faith works. It believes in the supernatural it believes in the unknown. It believes in the uncommon. When you pray, let God answer prayer his way, not your way. 